I'm Tony. And I'm Will. And welcome to another episode of Topophilia. This is part three of our mentorship series, which we recorded live during a storytelling event at the Patagonia store in Seattle. Today's storyteller, Claire Giordano, tells us about her path to becoming an independent artist and the importance of having mentors who push us to take that first big step. When Claire was telling her story, she was using a projector to show photos and paintings behind her, so you'll probably hear her referencing those. We're going to put those photos and paintings on our website so you can experience them too. Okay, up next um, we have Claire Giordano, who is a uh, visual artist and writer uh, here in the Seattle Puget Sound region. Um, Claire ventures I mean, all over the country and probably beyond that, Southwest, the Cascades, the Arctic, and she um, goes into these deep wild places and paints what she sees and tries to communicate and connect us to those places in a really great way. Um, one of her most recent projects is kind of envisioning um, the glaciers out here and how they're receding due to climate change. And so she brings science uh, into that communication as well. Um, so she has some, some work over there. If you haven't seen it, it's really great. Check it out. But without further ado, here's Claire. I'm going to come over here. Can you all hear me okay? I don't have a super loud voice, so if I need to move it closer, just point upward at some point if I start to drop it. So I'm Claire. I'm a local artist and writer, and it is such a privilege to be here this evening to speak with you about mentorship. And when Tony and Will first emailed me asking if I was interested, I was like, yes. And I can pinpoint the exact moment that my kind of journey with mentorship began. And that was in this place. This is the Easton Glacier on Mount Baker. And this photo was taken a few years after when I was actually there. But the day I was there, it was pouring, pouring rain. I was sitting there with a piece of paper about this big in my lap. It was a painting I had just made. And I remember looking down at that page and kind of trying to hide it under my raincoat, being like, maybe it'll dry enough to put in my pack. And it was just a futile effort, right? And I looked down. And I looked at the mountain, and I realized two things. The first was that art was this incredible tool that I had never even realized to record my observations and to help communicate science and connect me to this place where I was actually doing these experiments. And the second was that holding this sopping wet, soggy, crappy painting was one of the happiest moments of my life. And this is that painting. <laughs> I like to show it because this is about 10 years ago that I made this. and. I still love it. It still is a little shelf, special place in my room as a kind of reminder of when this all began for me. Go ahead, next. So this is me and some of the mentors that this program, when this memory happened, it was called Girls on Ice. And this was an amazing 11-day wilderness science, art, leadership, and mountaineering program for young women in high school. That program is now part of a worldwide organization called Inspiring Girls Expeditions. It grew from this one trip in the Cascades founded by Erin Pettit into this amazing community of women. And I get to go back every year as a volunteer to help teach and then just keep, make sure the program gets off on the right foot. But when I was there that first time in 2010 as a participant, it was these three amazing instructors. I mean, they were pretty badass. We had a professional mountain guide who was one of the earliest IFMGA certified guides in the world who was female. 
We had Aaron, this glaciologist who was like a National Geographic explorer. We had this botanist who was also like this huge advocate for our Puget Sound ecosystem. And then in the middle of the program on day five, this woman named Maria Coriel Martin comes walking into camp, pulls out her paints, and just starts painting the mountain and starts integrating notes and charts about the science that we had just learned the day before. And my mind was a little blown. And the more I talked to Maria, and I was just so drawn to the way that she described art. She talked about art as almost this living thing that had this magical ability to facilitate connections between people and place and the science that we were studying. And that was kind of a turning point. But before that program on Mount Baker, if you had told me that you know, nine years later I'd be working as a professional artist and writer, I don't think I would have believed you. And that was because before Girls on Ice, I think I had this preconceived notion of what paths were available to me. I was about to go into college and I had this great full ride scholarship to Seattle U. I was like, I'm gonna go become a psychologist. <laughs> and then I show up on Girls on Ice and these four women are kind of like, well, here's some other options too. Here's these other ways that you can be an amazing person in this world that doesn't involve following the most traditional path. And when I think about mentorship, there's you know, many ways that it showed up in my life, everything from learning technical skills and mountaineering and backpacking. But what I wanna talk about are the kind of bigger picture, the deeper ways that mentorship has really infused my path personally as the person you see before you and also in my path to the work that I do now. Go to the next slide, there we go. So the first area that mentorship, when I look back and Girls on Ice, really kind of transformed my mindset was in expanding my perception of what I thought was possible. And what that means is that when I showed up on Girls on Ice, I thought I knew what I was going to do. And then I had these four people who were like, me, let's take a step back and here's some different ways to think about life. They completely broke my perceptions of what women could be doing. I had never met a badass scientist who dedicated her life to flying to Antarctica and studying glaciers. I had never met a mountain guide who was a woman. And I had never seen an artist whose life was to paint on all the continents and work alongside scientists. And in, in addition to showing me things that I didn't know I could do, they also helped me see that it was okay to be that little nerdy kid who was like, I wanna learn the names of all the flowers and talk about glacial worms and not be super interested in like, going on a date and going to a movie and talking about makeup. And they validated that and gave me a community of people who were like, that's rad, be that nerdy girl because someday you'll be really cool. And I was like, really? I don't think I believe you. Maybe I'm still not that cool, but slowly people tell me I am. <laughs> I just keep telling myself I'm cool and eventually people believe me. And uh, so those, those women and watching them, you know, doing what they were doing and with the incredible joy and passion that they had, also recalibrated what I thought fulfillment and success looked like. I think before I thought of success as, you know, you get a good job, you get a 401k, you have a family, maybe you have kids someday. And here was these three women who were living out this life of incredible passion, and it was a very non-traditional path. Some of them had those things, some of them had made choices to not have those. And I had never met people who had actually made that choice before. And it was so empowering to see that that's okay to choose to delay or whatever you wanna do with your life. And then when it came to be my turn to switch to, or try to decide whether it was time to switch to becoming a freelance artist and writer, oh my God, like <laughs> crazy decision, right? Everyone was like, go for it. And these th four women who since that program and up to now are still my mentors and friends, 
they were my touchstones. I see them once a year, and they were the ones who said, tell us where you are, tell us what's going on, we think you're ready. And to have them give me that voice of validation and encouragement, but only after you know, they had seen me kind of grow for the past eight years was kind of the kick in the butt I needed. And Maria was in many ways the catalyst for that. She's the artist who I've you know, kind of worked alongside and watched her and she blazed that path to be a field painter and an artist who wants to work with scientists and an artist who wants to go work overseas in the Arctic. And by watching her, I started to believe that I could do that too. So when it came time to apply for residencies and get all those rejection letters, year after year I had been trying. And to see her and be like, okay, cool, like maybe I should make my own door. So I ended up in Greenland last year as an artist in residence on a cruise ship of all places. So I got to go north of the Arctic Circle and hang out with a bunch of really rich people and eat really good food and paint and try to tell them about climate change. And they were receptive. And it was thanks to people like Maria who were like, you can use this vehicle of art to help engage people in places. And that's a huge part of what I do now. So, and this is a photo from a painting I created in Greenland. This was the day I almost didn't make it back to the cruise ship because I was too excited about painting. It was also very cold. I think I had about five hoods on. Um, and this was painted half vodka, half water. Another trick Maria taught me. Like, who would have thought, right? And super side note, but that morning I walked like in the little cafe on the super fancy ship and was like, hey, so I'm going painting and I need some vodka so my brushes don't freeze. And they're like, oh, honey, you don't need an excuse for vodka at 7 a.m. Like, we are, we are an open bar 24 7. It's like, I promise I'm going painting. They still didn't believe me, so of course I brought my paintings back. And then I'm still known when I talk to people like management in this cruise company. They're like, oh, you're the chick who got vodka and went on this boat and painted like whales and you know, icebergs. I'm like, yes, <laughs> that, that was me. I'm glad that's how I'm known. So thank you, Maria, for teaching me that trick that has now made me slightly infamous on this cruise ship. <laughs> Go ahead, next. So the second aspect and way that mentorship helped shape my life was to give me an understanding of dedication and gratitude. And I think the person, or well, gratitude and also belief in myself was kind of two go hand in hand in hand. And this is Cecilia Mortensen. She's the mountain guide from Girls on Ice. She's not super well known publicly. She chooses to kind of fly under the radar, but she's dedicated her life to being at the top of her craft and also to empowering young women. She's done Girls on Ice for years and she's also worked with teams in Afghanistan and trying to get women also with other guides. So when I was with Girls on Ice, whenever I see her every summer, I give her a big hug, and I can't help but be brought back to this moment on Mount Baker. It was our kind of high mountain day, like there's no summit guarantees, of course. We were at the crater room, and she looks at my friend Jess and I, and she gets this really big smile on her face, and it's like, by that point, I kind of knew that when Cece gets a big smile on her face, like, really cool, but really hard things are about to happen. So she looks at me and says, do you want a summit? <laughs> and I'm like, me, let me hide behind my sunglasses, like... I don't think I can summon it. Like, I'm pretty tired. We've been up since 1 a.m. And she smiles even bigger, and she's like, I think you can do it. And I look back, and I kind of realize how revolutionary that was to have someone that I had just met eight days before believe in me so wholeheartedly that it recalibrated my sense of what my strengths and what I was possible of. And I went and summited that damn mountain, had a great time, face planted two feet off the summit, of course. <laughs> But it was that combination of humility and complete joy and pride in myself. So Cece empowered me in that respect to believe in my mental and physical fortitude. 
And then she also taught me a lot about what dedication it takes to follow a craft and stick with it. This was about two years ago. I was hanging out with her after going one of their scouting hikes before the program. And I kind of asked her, I said, you know, I'm really struggling with trying to figure out what I wanted to do. I'm working in the outdoor industry, and I feel like I'm just kind of bouncing from one thing to the next, and I'm not very fulfilled. And she had been telling me about her own journey as a mountain guide and the sacrifices she had made, the insane amount of work it had taken, the jobs she had taken to help fund this incredibly expensive and extensive certification process and training she'd done. And just like she had did on that day, really high up on Mount Baker, she asked me another question. And she looks at me and says, what would you do if money were no object? And this is a question I think a lot of us are asked as children or told to think about at some point in our lives. And it rarely sticks. You know, most of the time, and I was fully in this camp, people tell us that question. And I'm like, oh, OK, like, here's my little like, answer I pull out of my pocket. Here's my elevator I'm going to college pitch. But in that moment, my heart started to race. And I looked at the trees and was like, well, shit. <laughs> because I knew what I wanted to do, but I didn't think I had the courage to do it. And just like she did up on the mountain when she saw me with the same clarity that she brings to her understanding of the mountains, she gets that big smile again and says, there's a lot less standing in your way than you think. And when it came time to actually make that choice to switch to freelance and want to work full time as an artist and writer, her words still resonate in my mind. Every morning when I get up and get to be my, be my own boss and decide, do I want to go on a hike for the whole day or do I want to work or do I want to do emails? It's her story of dedication that I think kind of helps me understand and be fueled to keep going in that space. You're next. This is another photo of Cece. This was from just a few years ago. Um, she's in the red coat and she's like, we're paused like right below the summit of Mount Baker and looking at these big crevasses. And I was kind of like, Cece, can we go look at some crevasses? And she's like, well, I'm like, I really want to paint some. Can we go look at them? And she's like, well, I can't put you in one, but we'll go walk by some. So she added, she didn't tell the rest of the group, but she added like two hours to the descent <laughs> so we could go hike by all those crevasses. <laughs> I got some amazing photos and the rest of the group figured it out at the bottom and they're like, God dang it. Um, <laughs> but it was worth it. I made some really cool paintings and they all forgave me eventually. Go ahead and go next. So this next photo is the kind of last aspect of mentorship that really helped shape my life. And it's one that I think is for me the hardest to kind of find the words to put to. It's, it's the most obscure. And the best words I could find was, is the power of honesty. I'm not talking about here the honesty of when a coworker asks you how your day was, and they're like, oh, it was great. And in reality, you know, your dog pooped on the floor, and your coffee spilled in your car, and your boyfriend is at home sick, and your mom is like, can you go grocery shopping? No, not, not like that's, that's the honesty every day we deal with. What I'm talking about is a much more deeply suited honesty that comes from vulnerability. And the honesty that arises when we are willing to open ourselves to other people in the, to like, create the possibility of connection. And I didn't really understand that that was one of the lessons that my mentors were teaching me until I got to be a mentor myself. I mean, I've done teaching and, you know, in high school I tutored like a lot of us did. But in 2017, I got to go back to Girls on Ice and I got to be that guest instructor. I got to follow in Maria's footsteps, literally, walk up to that camp with my watercolors and share my experiences and excitement with this new group of nine young women. And I remember the whole time hiking in, being pretty nervous that I wouldn't, like, would I know how to be a mentor? <laughs> I think we all have that worry when 
all of a sudden the table is turned and we're in a very visible manifestation of our mentors and kind of these people who were transformative in our lives. And when the girls, lo and behold, started to ask me questions like, well, how did you become an artist? And how do you make it work? And what's the hardest part of your day? I remember sitting there thinking, I already know how to do this. Because my mentors, those four amazing women from that trip and others that have come into my life, they showed me that through honesty and vulnerability, those two are the foundation to creating relationships. Those four women are insanely badass and successful, but they didn't put themselves on a pedestal. They approached me with kind of open arms of acceptance and welcoming, and instead said, I have the courage to recognize I have something that I want to share with you. It is a value. Come sit beside me and learn with me. See the world through my eyes. That's my invitation and gift to you. And I realized that through being vulnerable about my own experiences, I could open the door for that kind of mentorship with these young women as well. And I feel so grateful because that kind of interaction and um, honesty with my own experiences then started to show up in my paintings and has become kind of a really big underlying theme of the work I do. When I'm trying to communicate science, it infuses that. And then in my personal work, this is one of those pieces that was actually paired with a piece of writing for REI. And it's exploring themes that we don't usually like to talk about. Thinking about when we're mountaineering and outside, what does it feel like to walk that line between the light and the dark, the joy and the beauty, as well as the shadows of loss and grief, and the friends who have passed in the mountains aren't and won't come back. And that's what this painting is about. And it was an amazing moment, thanks to my mentors and a more recent one named Charlotte, who helped me find the courage, just like my mentors did years ago, to start sharing those stories with people and opening the door for people to come up to me and say, this painting touched me for these reasons. Next. And it also shows up in what may seem like more literal work. This is a recent project I just started of trying to illustrate climate change in our local glaciers. This is the Nisqually Glacier as well as the Wilson Glacier kind of off to the left. And it's showing how much that glacier has receded from 1890 to 2018. The cool part about this project is that I actually crowdsource all the imagery for the 2018 paintings. So I go to our big Facebook groups and say, hey, who's hiked on this trail? Which took forever to find because it was just like random obscure one that they camped on in 1890. And I got dozens and dozens of images and people responding and emailing me saying, I had no idea that our landscape and our ecosystem has changed this much within my lifetime. And I was blown away to realize that by creating a painting, exploring my sense of grief and loss, it opened the door for other people to be able to experience and maybe understand a little bit of that themselves. And this is work I never would have done without the encouragement and support and inspiration of my mentors. So every day I am grateful for the huge impact they had on my life. And I look forward to answering any questions later. Thank you all. And that's another painting. <laughs> I love listening to Claire talk about how her mentors helped to push her understanding of what she was capable of. I've often thought about how hard it is to take that plunge into a career that you know you want but aren't sure will work, and I really respect Claire's courage in pursuing the things she cares about and making beautiful art about the world we live in. If you want to see more of Claire's work, you can find her on Instagram at Claire's Wanderings. And to learn more about Girls on Ice, go to inspiringgirls.org. As always, we'd love to hear your input on episodes or other stories or people we should talk to or know about. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Carrier Pigeon, or whatever people use these days. Thanks for listening.